0: Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives, and it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John, and welcome, everyone, to Good News here on Catholic Spirit Radio. I am Deacon Al, and as always, a pleasure to speak with you Saturday and Sunday evenings here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We invite you to tell your friends about our radio station, our network of radio stations, and especially uh, ask you to tell your friends and family who live in the Rockford area, because our tower is up and running. Right, John? We're, We're hot. We're going. Full uh, full speed ahead, and uh, we invite everyone to tune in, uh, in in the Rockford area and listen to our program as well, and all the other great programs that we broadcast through EWTN and other uh, Catholic sources. Here on Good News, we try and uh, share the good news of the gospel with you from uh, the readings at this Sunday's Mass, and to kind of bring them into uh, into current times. What do they mean to us today? And I'm always fascinated by uh, by Scripture, and how something that's thousands of years old could so succinctly speak to what's going on in today. Uh, human, Humankind doesn't change, human nature doesn't change, and history doesn't change much. It just keeps repeating itself, and I think you'll see that in our first reading today from, from Exodus. Probably the, the big things at the top of the news right now uh, in, in our area in, in Catholicism, one would be We have uh, All Saints Day and All Hallows uh, coming up, and there's always the question about, well, what does the Catholic Church think about Halloween? You know, and all this dressing up and celebrating death and yada, yada, yada. Well, before you ask that question, I think you need to ask, where does the holiday come from? Okay. Well, it came from the Catholic Church. Uh, Halloween simply means Eve before uh, All Hallows Day or All Saints Day. All saints day is is a Catholic holiday, a Catholic holy day in fact, where we uh we give give thanks to uh well not give thanks to but give give prayers for uh all those who have died and and gone to heaven or waiting to enter heaven and so we uh it's it's a day where we honor and revere uh those who have lived before us uh, our our friends and relatives who have uh, passed from, from this life and have hopefully entered a, a glorious life in heaven. So Halloween is, is the celebration the evening before All, all Saints Day. And so it, it, the purpose of the celebration was to chase away the evil spirits so that you can make room for the, the good spirits to, to celebrate with us. Because we, we talk about having—the the church really has three levels— you have the, the church militant, the church on the ground fighting the battle, uh, which is us, those, those living. You have the, the church triumphant, those who are in heaven uh, living out uh, a new life in the glory of God. And you have the church penitent, uh, those who are currently uh, suffering for uh, what penance have not been done on earth yet, awaiting their entrance into heaven, those who are in purgatory. And so— uh, on, on this day, we on this coming day of uh, of All Saints Day, uh, we join in, in praying for those in purgatory that they might enter heaven, and we pray for those who are in heaven, and we celebrate with them their their eternal life with God. And so this is a, this is a celebration that started in the church. So the church has no problem with Halloween. As far as how children dress up, uh, I I don't think God really minds that a bit. Uh, He's pretty fond of children, and he understands the imagination of of children and the joy of children. Uh, As far as what you dress up as as an older adult, now there, there the church might have something to say. For a lot of young adults and older adults, the the holiday has become a time uh, of sensuality or a time of— promiscuity or a time of more tricking than treating and and that behavior is is not regarded highly by the Catholic Church so we ask you to enter into the holiday with the joy of a child and and not with the uh not with the behavior of a uh Unre- uh, unpenitent adult. Let's put it that way, okay? Uh, behave yourselves. Uh, you can, you can uh, dress for the holidays and still dress modestly. You can still have fun but do activities that don't harm other people or other people's properties. So keep keep the TPing down to a minimum, guys, okay? And, and we can enjoy the holiday uh, the way it was meant to be. And please, November 1, be at Mass. Go to Man- This is a this is a holy day of obligation, and you would want people praying for you. Once uh, once you pass from this earth, that you might en- enter into the glory of heaven, uh, you should be praying for others. So please uh, go to your parish this November first and and celebrate the holy day uh, with the Eucharist. Uh, our readings today are going to be from Exodus, from Paul to the uh, Thessalonians, and then our gospel is of course from Matthew. And, uh, and keeping with, with uh, church, what seems to be liturgical tradition, when the readings are long, the gospel is short. So we have, uh, we have a short gospel today. So our first reading and our second reading, kind of medium length. And so uh, they've blessed us with a short gospel, but a very meaningful one. I'm Deacon Al. I want to remind you, you can be part of our radio program uh, by sending in your questions about Christianity, uh, Catholicism specifically, or Christianity in general. Uh, It could be things you want to know about, things you disagree with or want more clarity on. You can write us to our, our email address. Which is good news at CatholicSpiritRadio.org, and we will be happy to answer your questions on the air. So that's good news at CatholicSpiritRadio.org. I mentioned before our break that one of the things in our news is the upcoming Halloween and uh, All Saints' Day coming up in two or three nights, depending on whether you're listening to this program Saturday night or Sunday night. Uh, but another thing that's that's going on in the news is the uh, the war in the Middle East. And and I bring that up because uh, again I mentioned that it's it's amazing how Scripture has a way of uh, being timeless, and that's that's because human nature doesn't change and history changes very little. It just uh, continues to uh, recycle itself sometimes with different players and sometimes with pretty much the same players. And and you'll hear this in in Exodus in our in our first reading uh, in this. We have uh, God is, is talking to uh, the tribes of Israel who are moving into a new land, and he wants to warn them about being good neighbors. And, and we'll talk afterwards about how this plays into, or maybe it doesn't play into, uh, what's happening right now in in the Middle East. So from the, from the book of Exodus, from chapter 22, uh, this will be the first reading at Sunday's Mass, thus says the Lord, You shall not molest or oppress an alien, for you were once alien yourselves in the land of Egypt. You shall not wrong any widow or orphan. If if ever you wrong them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. My wrath will flare up and I will kill you with the sword. Then your own wives will be widows and your children orphans. If you lend money to one of your poor neighbors among my people, you shall not act like an extortioner, toward them by demanding interest from him if you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge you shall return it to him before sunset for this cloak of his is the only covering he has for his body what else has he to sleep in if he cries out to me i will hear him for i am compassionate the word of the lord we have to understand that that when we when we read scripture it speaks to us on on three levels the the literal what's happening right then in in time in that moment of history when when the uh when when the uh scripture took place then there's the allegorical what what symbolically is this telling us and then there's the what they call the anagogical and i always have trouble saying that word um this is what part the how scripture is interpreted in a more spiritual sense in a in a more forward-thinking, futuristic, spiritual uh, effect that, that the scripture has on us. And some could l- look at this and, and think that it's uh, God talking to the Israelis about uh, how they should be kind to their neighbors. And somebody will point to the Gaza Strip, right, and the, the Palestinians, and saying, see, God's talking to them right now. I don't know that I'd go that far. God's talking to all of us He's not just talking to the Israelis. He, he might have been talking to the tribes of Israel then. But on a greater sense, God God created all of us. He, he created the Palestinians as, as just as equally as he created uh, the, the Israelites or the, the current Jews in, in Israel or us as Catholics or someone living in Philadelphia or somebody living in Burma. We're all created by the same God. He's talking to all of us. About how we need to treat all of our neighbors, and then that goes back to who is our neighbor. Well, it's it's whoever reaches out to us, it's whoever's in need. Uh, God created us to love each other. We'll we'll hear that in in a in another reading coming up. This is all about compassion for the other person. These wars are not created by God. These wars that we have, whether it's the war in the Middle East or or any war. Uh, This is through human sin, through human error. Uh, No war is created by God. It's humans who are lusting after property, power, possessions. So you have to look at any situation and say, where's the sin coming from? Where Where is the human error coming from? Had they been more compassionate, had they followed the Word of God, as expressed in this first reading, there would be no wars if if we treated everyone even people we didn't particularly care for in the way that god's calling us to we wouldn't have this but that's why that's where this brokenness comes in this is this is where original sin has done its damage it's it's broken us we we find that relationship with god hard to grasp onto and so it slips out of our hands rather easily And we fall into that human brokenness of sin, and we find ourselves being led not by the Word of God, not by the love of God and and the love of our fellow men, but we find ourselves being propelled forward by that which pleasures us the most, what works best for me today on this earth. And that's where we see these these, uh, people who grasp for wealth or grasp for power or possessions, or for property. That's where all this comes from. So don't be blaming God for something we did as broken human beings, but realize our own brokenness and make that effort to become more Christ-like in, in how we act. And, and remember that he said, if if you wrong these people, make any widow or orphan cry and they cry out to me, I will hear them. And, and God will respond because— God is compassionate to all, not just to one group. In our second reading from Paul to the Thessalonians, we we hear an, an, another version of this. Paul writes to, to the church in, in, to the Thessalonians, "'Brothers and sisters, you know what sort of people we were among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord.'" <clears throat> receiving the word in great affection with joy from the Holy Spirit, so that you became a model for all believers in Macedonia and in Acacia. For from you the word of the Lord was sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but in every place your faith in God has gone forth. For that we have no need to say anything, for they themselves openly declare about us what sort of reception we had among you. And how you turn to God from idols, to serve the living and true God, and to await his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the coming wrath, the word of the Lord. So this is kind of the reverse of the first reading. Instead of warning people not to cause problems with, with their neighbors, you hear how Paul and his disciples would went into this region and made friends with the people. They were gracious to them. They worked side by side with them. They became part of the community, part of the society. And it was the example they set of being good Christians that changed the people they were working with to turn away from idols and turn toward Christ. And so we see both sides of this coin. Uh, Rather than being warned that you're not being nice, be nicer, we have Paul saying, here's what happens when you when you display the love of God, it's contagious. And people grab onto that and they they imitate that. And before you know it, they're living that same life and sharing that life with others. And that's what we're called to do as Christians. Not just as Christian Catholics, but as all Christians. Actually as all people within God's creation, we're all called to follow this, to be to be better to each other than we would humanly want to be. This takes this takes extraordinary strength and extraordinary wisdom to be able to behave like this because it's not normally part of our nature. It takes an infusion with with the Holy Spirit to be able to live like this. But look at the wondrous effects that, that Paul got and the wondrous effects we get when we also live as an example of the life of Christ to others. In our gospel from Matthew, it says it, it reads. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. The second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments, the gospel of the Lord. A very short gospel, but a very powerful one. I mean, if you think about the Ten Commandments and and what what Jesus just said here, he said that everything comes down to, to two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor. And if you look at the Ten Commandments, you have the first few commandments are all about loving God, about keeping holy the Sabbath, about attending Uh, attending worship, about not putting any idols before God. Uh, It's all about, about our love for God and putting God before everything else. But all the commandments after that, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Well, don't lie against who? Don't cheat against who? Don't steal who? You know, don't covet whose wife, your neighbors, whose goods, your neighbors. So the second part of the commandments is all about loving your neighbor. If we but followed the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't be in any of the messes we're in. The, the violence in our world, locally, uh, nationally, internationally, are all caused by veering away from that love of, of neighbor and from the love of God. Because as Jesus explains, it all first has to start with God. That's the first commandment. Until you learn to love God, you will never learn to love others. Uh, whether that's your, your spouse, uh, your children, uh, your brothers and sisters, uh, your neighbors— it all has to begin with God. That's the primary commandment because that's, that's the source of life. That's the source of love. If you aren't familiar with the, so, the very source of love, how can you love others? How can you share what you don't yet have? So it all starts with that first commandment of, of loving God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And once you've entered into that relationship— all of the relationships begin to make more sense. What it it takes to love God is also what it takes to be a good spouse. It's the same same attitude and skill set that it takes to be a good parent. It's the same attitude and skill set that it takes to be a, a good sibling to your brothers or your sisters. But it all starts with God. And and again, that that's just such a hard thing for us to stand, understand. But but Jesus gives to his disciples this this great piece of advice that you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And today, in today's world, we get a different message. Love to us in today's world is is an emotional attraction. It's it's how we feel toward a person that we want to establish a relationship with because of what we'll get in return. It's not really about them. It's what we get back. Uh, when, when, when we do Marriage Encounter, and, and it's, it's funny, you'll ask, you'll, you'll ask a, a man why he loves his wife. And he'll say, well, look at her. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. Look at her hair. Look at her eyes. Look at that smile. She's beautiful. And you, you ask the woman, what do you like about the man? Well, he's such a good provider. You know, he's strong. He's, he's you know, he, he loves me for who I am. Well, yeah, for who you are now. He talks about how great you look now, but I'm sorry, but as, as we get older, our hair grays. I don't care how blonde you are, unless, unless you use a lot of chemicals, it's not going to stay that way. Uh, it's going to change. Um, guys, your bodies are going to change. Trust me, you start eating home-cooked meals, and, uh, and your body changes. Uh, hair falls out as, as well as turning gray. Uh, yeah, maybe beautiful eyes now, but eventually there's going to be glasses or contact lenses. Uh, we just change. To, to love somebody for the way they look right now is really shallow. Because what you're saying is, I love her because she makes me feel good. Because I'm out with this beautiful woman. It makes me look good. It's not about them. And it's the same with with the women, when you when you love the man for for uh, his ability to care for you financially. I hate to tell you about this: businesses fail, jobs leave, right? I, I know I know a lot of people who uh, once once they uh, their their business closed or they lost a job, uh, it affected the marriage dr- dramatically because the love was based on the money. On the ability to have income, and when the income was gone, the love kind of dissipated with it. That's not the kind of love we talk about as as Christians. Uh, Jesus presents us with with a true love. It's it's a love of the other person as oneself. That you you want what's best for them because you want what's best for you, and so you want to share that with the other person, and so you want what's best for them. I, I often tell. Uh, the couple's going through a marriage encounter the primary role of the of the husband is to bring the their spouse into a closer relationship with Christ because what's the best possible thing for the person you love is for them to enter heaven for them to be in a relationship with Christ just as your your wife's number one responsibility is to bring you in a closer relationship with Christ And we do that as Paul did with the Thessalonians by setting the best example. When you set the best example as a Christian for your spouse, you bring them closer to Christ through your actions. That's love because that takes sacrifice. And real love takes real sacrifice. Jesus says, you have to love me more than you love your mother or your father, more than you love your home, more than you love your wealth. That means you have to sacrifice everything else for that love. Nothing else can be more important than the love you have for Christ. Well, we're called to that same kind of a relationship with a spouse, a sacrificial love. What are you willing to give up to be in this strong, Christ-centered relationship with, with your husband or with your wife or with your friends or with your brothers and sisters? Those are all the same kind of love. They're not the same emotional attraction kind of love that the media says we should have. That's a very temporary, it's very superficial. We're being called to a much deeper expression of love, a love that requires self-sacrifice of putting the other person ahead of everything else that we like. It's a hard thing to do. It's a really tough thing to do. This is, a, this is a silly kind of minor demonstration of it, um, going on a, on a vacation. And as it turns out, I, I enjoy, I've mentioned this before. I enjoy golfing from time to time. Not a lot, but I enjoy it. From, so there's, there's a golf course next to the hotel. And it turns out part of the fee of the hotel is to use the golf course. And it's a beautiful golf course. It's on an ocean, coastal. Right, So I've never had that opportunity before to golf on a golf course on the ocean. Now here's the problem. My wife does not golf. My wife has no intention of standing around and watching me golf or of wandering around by herself on vacation while I golf. And as much as I would love to just go out and just be able to hit a few balls on the link, I'm not going to do that because it's not good for my marriage. So I have to say, okay, as much fun as this would be, is it good for my marriage? Because that covenant with God has to come first. And some of you might think that's not much of a sacrifice, and it's not, but it is a sacrifice. It is a decision. It's a choice of what comes first, the covenant or what would something that would give me momentary pleasure. And we all have those moments in our life. It could be uh, heading out to with friends on a Wednesday night. We always go out, you know, me and the guys always go out on Wednesdays or, you know, a, a, a wife saying, uh, uh, the girls and I always take, you know, once a year go on a, on a, on a girls-only vacation, right? Uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of a thing. And now you need to look at yourself and say, what is best for the covenant? And it might require saying, you know what? I I can't live that life anymore because I've chosen a life in Christ. I've chosen a a covenant between myself, another person, and God. And so now that comes first, not most of the time or some of the time, but that covenant comes first all of the time, all of the time. And if you always put that covenant first, you will have have a much happier and longer-lasting relationship. Well— you can carry that outside of the marriage and look at a friendship. A friendship can be very much the same as a covenant. And if you put that friendship before everything else, if you decide that you're not going to participate in gossip about about this friend, you're not going to gossip about them, you're not going to listen to gossip about them, that's a sacrifice because that's going to separate you from other people. That might be very tough. You might not. You might no longer be part of the in-crowd. But you've put that friendship, that covenant with your friend first. And it will build a true friendship that has a deeper basis than these superficial friendships, the ones who, who want to be gossipy on, on the side and destructive uh, on, on the side. They see that as almost a sport. If I put myself first, if I place myself above this other person, make myself more important, I feel better about me. Yeah, but what does that do to the other person? So what does that do to that to that bond? What does that do to you as far as a disciple of Christ? Because now you've you've entered into sin and you've destroyed that covenant. So God's calling us to love God first and then to love others as we love ourselves in the same vein as how we love God. And uh tough to do. It takes prayer, it takes uh it it takes willpower, and it, it takes uh, absolute decision to be the best person you can be in the, in the likeness uh, of, of Christ. That's my prayer to you, that you find that strength and wisdom uh, to be, be true, not just to yourself, but be true to others uh, in, in your relationship with them through your relationship with Jesus Christ. May Almighty God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. Thank you for listening to Catholic Spirit Radio. We'll have more good news for you next weekend. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at com. That's goodnews at com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.